You are listening to I Doubt It with me, your host, Jesse Dolliman, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. That's it. All right, everybody. 4-0, the big 40. Episode 40. Can you believe it? It is almost unbelievable as I pound my fists on the table. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, and I am the aforementioned Dollamore. Across from me is the lovely co-host, who I call co-host, <laughs> Brittany Page. Wow, you're off to a great start. God damn. Maybe I should write this stuff down. I think that you should. That was fucking terrible. I would redo it, but I am colossally lazy, and I am not going to redo that. Yeah. Nope. All right, good. Don't. Good to go. A lot going on. Yeah, huh? Quite a bit. Another plane issue? God damn. It is... It, there's a, there, it's a mess. The world is crumbling around us as we speak. It is. I tell you who it's good for. It's good for that fucking Richard Quest guy on CNN. He's the only one happy about the Malaysian airplanes crashing and falling out of the sky. He is the plane expert. Whenever something in the news happens with a plane, they have that guy on there talking. He's on there like 24-7. He's a CNN reporter who, they whatever cubbyhole they have him stuffed into, every time some calamity like this happens, they yank him out and fucking put him on display. And he's terrible. I saw him on with uh, Anderson today. And he fucking interrupts, and he's just, ugh. And he's got those terrible, cartoony, terrible British teeth. Yeah. And he's got that weird, gravelly voice. That fucking weird. He's a weird dude. Yeah, but he loves to talk about planes, so they need him. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? He's an expert. He's, he's an expert on the corporate structure of Malaysian Airlines, I think, at this point. Yes. Well, it's 95,000 degrees outside here in Southern California. That's, that is that's very accurate. Nice. Mm -hmm. And by 95,000 degrees, I mean 86. Yeah, but it's here terrible. On the, here on the coast. We can't handle it. I hate it. I'm, I'm a pussy. It's, yeah, you are. It's a terrible, terrible in thing. In more ways than just about yeah. the heat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Total and complete wuss. Yeah. It, I am not a fan of the heat. I don't know how... Like, I wouldn't classify myself as a fat guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, a, like, you wouldn't see me and think, oh, fuck, look at that fat guy. But I'm certainly not thin, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big guy. Well, <laughs> I don't know how actual fat people do it. Like, we know people who love the heat, who are slothful and fat. I don't know who you're talking about. Well, I'm not thinking of anyone specific. Oh, okay. But we know... A person who is sloppy fat and really loves the heat. All right. And that's anti those two things don't mix. You know that person. I don't think I do. <laughs> you keep that to yourself, okay? All right. All right. No problem. Yeah. Another difficult thing about being in the heat is driving if you don't have air conditioning. Yeah, my air conditioning, I drive um, a Volvo. 
and my air conditioner works, but I looked into it and I need to get this fixed. The clutch on my air conditioning compressor is slipping or it disengages when it shouldn't. And so you'll go through like one minute, one and a half minute periods where it's just blowing what seems like the hottest air that could possibly blow. (laughs) It's fucking terrible. Like the heater switches on instead rather than the air conditioner. Yeah. Well, the good thing is it gives me time to focus on other things because I have to not think about how miserably hot I am. Yeah. And then I've got cups of sweat dripping down my back into the crack of my butt. All right. That is appetizing. It's it's also a lot of good information for our listeners. Yeah, it's important to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it gives me time to focus on other shit. Like today, I was behind a car, and, well, we could get into this, I guess. I fucking hate, well, I don't so much hate, per, well, I hate personalized plates. I do. They're stupid. But also, I hate too many bumper stickers, too many, like, we don't need to know you shop at Whole Foods. Keep that to yourself. I don't need to see a fucking bumper sticker about it. I certainly don't need to know which political candidates you voted for for the last 12 presidential elections. Well, the only benefit to bumper stickers is to be able to assess whether or not you hate someone just by seeing their bumper stickers. That is fact. You can know how you feel about that person within a couple of seconds, and that's really helpful. If you have a coexist bumper sticker on the back of your car... You need to go out there right now with a with a with a uh, a hair dryer and a scraper and get that fucking thing off the back of your car because you are an asshole. I definitely take more issue with the political stickers because come on, you really want to have your your crazy allegiance to these people that inevitably become disappointing, right? We were all hopeful that Obama would be great. I voted for him the first time. We were all hopeful for that. You know, it doesn't really work out that way. You can't keep worshiping all of these presidents that you voted for and thinking, oh, yeah, he's just going to be awesome. And he's so he's perfect. No, none of them are perfect. Don't put a sticker on your car about it. Not even getting into the because we fuck we could we could make the whole show about this. But it's once you see that he's a fucking turd floating in the punch bowl, take off the sticker because you're just proud of the moron now. You're just you're you're riding that fucking horse into the ground. Yeah, it's terrible. And it, it's true for Obama, Bush. Oh, I yeah. mean, everything. Just don't do that. I remember <laughs> when I was in the Marine Corps. <laughs> Jesse was a Marine, everybody. <laughs> and I had this Bush Quail '92 uh, shirt that I wore, and it was I thought it was super cool because you know yeah, it was you the, did. The ring tees, you know how they have the little rings on the sleeves and the neck. I, it was a super like vintage kind of cool. Oh yeah, I bet it was uh, real cool. Fuck you. <laughs> I bet you looked super cool super wearing cool. it. Yeah. So, and I remember getting a lot of shit in Eastern North Carolina on the coast of wearing that shirt, which yeah. is weird because North Carolina isn't super super. It's not like wearing it in New York City. You know? Yeah. Anyway, but the other thing we'll get off the politics. Uh, the other thing that's kind of weird is those fucking license plate frames. Like I saw one today. God, let me find it. The picture. And it said the reason I took a picture of it because it said something about redheads. 
And as we all know, Jesse is a redhead. Yeah, yeah. A ginge. If, if you've looked at the logo for the show. <laughs> yes. But he, here's, oh, oh, double whammy. And they had a fucking personalized plate. Maybe we'll put this up on the Facebook page. Um, it says, blondes only dream of what redheads do. Mm, wow. What the fuck does that even mean? And uh, it's a Hummer. They're driving a big giant Hummer. And it's with personalized plates. Well, it means that redheads are wildly superior. <laughs> That's what it means. Yeah, in sunburn education, maybe. Yeah. Fuck, are you kidding me? I always hated being a, a redhead because you are prone to ass kickings and a lot of teasing. Yeah. You earn your the, the rite of passage. If you make it to high school without being murdered or... <laughs> jumping off a bridge because you were teased too much. Yeah. Then you you earned it. <laughs> you made it that far. You fucking earned it. I told somebody last week that you either growing up redheaded because of all the the harassment that you get, you either have to develop a pretty cutting sense of humor or learn how to fight. Yeah. And I think I did pretty well in both in both arenas. Mm -hmm. What are some uh, stupid license plate frames that you've seen? Oh, I don't know. The only ones that stick out for me are the I'd rather be mm. insert stupid task here. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. be fishing. Oh, yeah. I'd rather be hunting some elk. You know, it's <laughs> it's always. Yeah. A little Idaho right there. Yeah. But I saw one today that was I'd rather be right here right now. And I thought that was kind of cool. It's the only one I've seen that I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. Kind of philosophical. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, that's good. Nice. You're living in the moment. Right. I like you, I think. Happy. With what you've got. Yes. Contented. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. But I, the other ones are, my other car is, you know, whatever. A boat. Yeah. It, I, fuck, I've seen that one. Fishermen, they love to, to wear the dumb shit and put dumb shit on their cars. Yeah. Fishermen and hunters and golfers. Yeah. I'd rather be golfing. Ugh, fuck. We get it. <laughs> we fucking get it. We do get it. Uh, my best friend, Brett... And my other lifelong awesome friend, Todd, they are golfers now. Yeah. And having a conversation with Brett that doesn't, in, and I don't golf because I don't give a fuck about it. I, yeah. I just, I'm not good at it. And I don't like to devote hours and hours and hours and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to things that I'm not good at. Yeah. That's fucking doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It's like. You want to buy a bunch of shit and be into woodworking when you're terrible at that. That that That's just fucking ludicrous. Well, you could become good at it, and then it would pay off. I guess. Golf's not one of those things that, unless you're a weirdo like Todd is, who is very good at golf now, you don't become good at golf. It's You might become marginally better, but you're still fucking terrible. Yeah. So I can't have a conversation with Br with Brett that d doesn't involve something about he's on his way to go golf. He just got back from golfing. He wants to tell me in detail about different golf shots. Ugh, we fucking get it. I'm not into it. Save it for talk to Todd about that. Talk to your golfing friends. That's golf talk for your golf friends. What a hater you are! It's, no, I'm not. It's kind of like when I when I went through this my poker phase and I played a lot of poker. And you want to explain in detail certain hands that you were in. Oh, and then then on the turn, then the, this came. Oh, and then the river. And ugh, fuck. And oh, he bet over the top of me. Oh, it was a check raise. 
no one fucking cares. And I'll it, tell you what, I didn't even care about that short I'm little blurb you, yes, that you did right there. That ex- exemplifies no caring. exactly what I'm talking about. It's kind of like on, on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Dee was telling Dennis a dream, and he goes, look, this is like looking at pictures. If I'm not in them, or somebody's not having sex, I don't really fucking care. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. I get that. So you golfers, you fishermen, you poker players... Keep that shit to yourself. Nobody fucking cares. Let's just keep our vehicles uniform and opinion free. Yes. How about that? Yeah, just, it's beautiful off the factory floor. Yeah, it's perfect. What, just, why are you damaging it? It's a temple. Why are you putting the <laughs> tattoos on it? It's, you know, respect it. Respect it. Yeah, that's good. All right, moving, moving right along. I want to clear up something that we talked about last episode with uh, the the gentleman who shared the Obama comparison with Hitler and Stalin and King Jong Il and uh, Mao Zedong. Is there a problem with that? Or <laughs> so uh, apparently he was displeased with my airing the the public post in a public forum such as this. I guess he didn't want all of you to hear about what took place. So he emailed me, he messaged me on Facebook after the drama that ensued because he deleted the post, which obviously deletes all of the interaction, all of the discussion relative to the content on the thread was gone. So he effectively censored, he stifled free speech and took away my my contribution, and several other people's contributions to the subject. Well, it just suggests that he knows he was wrong and that he kind of had a realization that maybe he shouldn't have posted that, maybe he was wrong, and that's good, but... I was just going to say, that would be fine, except for it's there, then just say, yeah, maybe you guys are right, blah, 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 leave it there, because there's a lot that was said. There was a lot that was expressed. It was an ongoing discussion and it was completely deleted. So he, this is what he says. He says, Jesse, uh, I am disappointed that you chose to air your feelings about the post I deleted in a public forum rather than asking me about it. The truth of the matter is that I did not delete it because of the, our discussion. I welcome healthy debate and discussions. I deleted the post because it was causing an unintended distress in other friends and felt that since they're uh, wrong there. Uh, since there was a misunderstanding around it and I was unable to correct, I would rather delete the post and save friendships by encouraging more private exploration of the feelings that were connected with the subject. On a side note, while Facebook is a public forum, people have the right to quote-unquote walk away from any conversation they feel is unproductive or harmful to any of the participants without applying or implying I don't know what that means. Applying or implying any kind of judgment for any of the participants. Some of that's fine. I understand that. But you didn't just walk away from a conversation. A conversation was being had and you turned off the conversation. Yeah. You, In fact, you didn't even post, hey, let's talk about this privately. I'm getting ready to delete this. There was none of that. You just, it fucking disappeared. Yeah. So that's the problem. Well, I responded, and then we're going to be done with this because I'm not going to fucking waste a ton of the show. 
uh, you're, I said, uh, Isaac, your disappointment notwithstanding, you posted something in public that egregious, disrespectful, and partisan propaganda-laden thing was then discussed publicly. Ultimately, you chose to stifle discussion and censor the participants by deleting the post altogether. Maybe you should be more careful with your words and your postings. Such things have consequences. Max Braverman. <laughs> How dare you? The consequence in this case turned out to be a positive one. This issue was brought to the light of day and became a great subject for the many folks who listen to my show. For the record, I'm going to follow up on the next episode with all that has transpired. If you would like to come on and make a case for the post and for your seeming lack of respect for free speech and thought, I'd love to, to have you on. There was no response. This was Monday. And... He didn't come on, so Isaac's probably a little pissed off. Yeah. And I am okay with that. The internet is an interesting forum where you post things and then you are held accountable for what you post, yeah, but... unfortunately, um, especially if what you're posting is inaccurate or... Inflammatory. Yeah, inflammatory and disrespectful and if someone calls you out for it i mean i understand that that would make someone feel defensive and like they need to protect themselves and you know start explaining why they did it or even get rid of it because they just want to act like it didn't happen but you know hopefully he learned from this that you can't just post things like that and not get a reaction from people that's it you can post them but don't expect for there not to be any reaction it's uh, just like people who want to stifle free speech not just on the internet and posting and everything but actually want people to stop giving their opinions because they believe they're offensive well people can say whatever they want right the kkk can say whatever they want but they will also be told to f off right and that they are idiotic and that well, they're simple-minded and this, that's fine in this case i was a little bothered that you know this was public and a lot of people would say well it's facebook it's not, you know, it's not public, public. If he was to stand in a room full of people and, and express the views that were expressed in that post comparing the president of our country to murderous, genocidal maniacs, people would take him to task and he would have to answer for those beliefs. Definitely. But because it's Facebook and you can actually just click delete and then hope nobody will say anything we as as this is all new to us with this social media thing we're going to have to come around and understand that you're going to be fucking held accountable for that whether it be some jackass like me who happens to have a medium to talk to you know many many people and let let it be known or just the fact that I took screenshots of it and posted it on my own facebook wall yeah so this is not just to Isaac. I'm talking to everybody right now. It's happened with me, too, with uh, debates about gay marriage and people oh, yeah. people equating it to bestiality. I mean, plain, plain as day, equating it with bestiality, saying, well, you know, what's next? Someone can, you know, start having sex with their dog. And then going further in the discussion and posting things about intelligent gorillas. And, well, how do you know? Maybe soon they'll be able to consent because, look, they can do all these things. Yeah. They're becoming super intelligent. And then when I start calling someone out and then they delete all those comments, it's like, well, wait, if that's your belief. Right. Well, it's cowardly, for one. If it's your belief, then say it. Be proud of it. Yeah. 
it's it really is new territory um unchartered territory for us as a society that we have this awesome tool at our fingertips to it's you know when when i my class reunions oh, are you going to go to that reunion yeah you know i i see everyone online i don't i can try i know what everybody looks like i know what they do there's no real no real need you see their selfies every day <laughs> so anyway i i just i think this is could be a lesson for everybody to be careful what you post and also don't go deleting it think about what you post i don't delete shit i make a point that it stays yeah. I don't censor. If someone's being an asshole on a thread, I let it go. Yeah. That's, I put that out there as fodder for discussion. If they want to discuss it, if you want to be, if you're a grown up and you enter into discussion and someone's being an asshole, you know what? That's just like real life. Well, and also there's people that watch from the sidelines that yeah. may, may learn something, may be persuaded by, a, you know, a certain discussion that's going on. And that's important too. Even the people that are not involved may that's get right. something out of it. That's right. So because involvement doesn't necessarily mean active participation. Yeah. It could be passive just reading it. And I'm sure there were a lot of people who were reading that. Yeah. And obviously he did get maybe some flack or something. But like I said, I'll, I'm going to stop addressing it specifically to Isaac because, you know, a little bit of a little bit of forgiveness could go if if he had retracted, I would be more prone to forgives a bad term, but I would be more prone to give him a pass. Yeah. You know, it's very much like that this chick, the little girl, the six, the 16 or 17 year old girl who took the selfie at Auschwitz. It's, yeah. In this case, it's kind of like that. I, For me, it wasn't necessarily, I tell you what, for, for those of you who haven't, who don't know what I'm talking about, there was a girl who was on a trip in Poland and she took a, well, in Europe, and she took a, a picture, a selfie at Auschwitz, which is a notorious concentration camp where over half a million people were, were slaughtered, were murdered by the, by the Nazis. And she took a selfie of her, with a big beaming grin, she took a selfie of herself. Uh, and here's a little clip of somebody who interviewed her and they kind of take her side and I want her side to be explained to. A selfie taken at the Auschwitz concentration camp by Alabama teen Brianna Mitchell sparked a major Twitter backlash due to the images alleged insensitive nature. The trip and the image were a way of memorializing your father's death. And you've talked yes. about this as you've tweeted um, yourself, defending yourself. You said, I do understand what happened there. You know, I studied it for years with my dad. We always planned to visit there, but he died. Can you explain, and I know this is personal, but the site's significance to you? Like, we just always explain because the Holocaust and World War II is the only thing that's ever interested me in history. And it's his favorite part of history. And I talked to a Holocaust survivor in ninth grade at school via webcam. And it's just the only thing that's ever interested me. And whenever I graduated, they said that they'd take me out of the States to go wherever I wanted. And then he died one year prior to that photo. So, Brianna, the reaction to your photo has been incredibly critical. And you've responded by tweeting, quote, I wish people would quit tweeting to quoting, retweeting and favoriting my picture of, of my smiling in Auschwitz concentration camp, as well as a I'm so stupid and everything up it's official how did this escalate and how severe have people been to you 
Well, I don't know how it even escalated, like, because that picture was there a month before, and nobody had, like, rare, rare anybody has said anything to me about it. And then I literally woke up one morning, and I had a thousand things on my phone, like notifications. And I've had death threats. I've had people tell me I need to kill myself. I've had people tell me just like that I'm a, the piece of like everything do you regret uh taking the photo and sharing the photo and you know would you do anything differently next time mm, honestly i don't think i would do anything differently just because i didn't mean any harm and like i told everybody my story behind it so that's the only reason i don't regret taking it so where where they bleeped her or where they censored her speech was she said um and people have said that she's a piece of shit bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> when you read her lips that's what she says i wonder if she would do that interview again if she had the opportunity to <laughs> well he, here's the other thing they ask her would you do it again she goes uh you know honestly i would do it again because you know uh i didn't mean to offend anybody yeah but you know that you did so you, the answer to that question is no you probably wouldn't do it again and there's there's a whole bunch of of online outlets who are really taking up for her because she got people just shit all over her. And I think it is bad. To, I mean, threatening death and calling her for all this sure. stuff. The, the that's, maniacs that's are not come out of the woodwork. Yeah, it's not necessary to speak to her like that or to say things like that. But you can comment on the fact that it's you know distasteful and. We found out about this on Sunday night. We were on our way back picking somebody up from the airport. And I remember talking about it with you and I said, yeah, you know, this could be a great learning experience for her and she could learn. And for me, it's not so much the the selfie at Auschwitz. It's the beaming giant smile and the little the little happy face emoji emoticon. Yeah, I I'm just confused by it because we were at the 9-11 memorial about a year yeah. ago and. I was so emotional being there Mm -hmm. that I just, I was uncomfortable even taking photos because I didn't know what to do with my face because I didn't want to smile because we're standing, you know, with all those names around us of actual people that were alive, lost their lives that day. And I, I didn't want to be in a picture where I was smiling. So it's weird because this concentration camp where you know an estimated one million jews lost their life and she's standing there with a huge smile on her face it just it's very out of touch i i don't know some of the some of the comments like there's a couple articles like i was saying the different internet outlets that are taking up for her and making excuses and of course she brings out the my dad died like that's supposed to make it any better that you're smiling on hallowed ground yeah a, a place where between 500,000 and 1 million human beings were systematically murdered because of their ethnicity. Yeah. Because of their religion. Yeah. So a lot of the comments, like I was saying, that she's making all these excuses that her dad died or whatever. And like I was saying earlier, I could forgive, for sure forgive, the that's a stupid teenage thing that she was smiling in the picture and all but when called to the to to account for it she doubles down on her jackassery 
And what was she doing? What are some of those things that she was retweeting? She retweeted a tweet that said, the world is crying because of you, LOL, LOL, F them. And then retweeted a meme of Adolf Hitler. And at the top, it says, Jew mad, question mark, because I did not, right, like Nazi. Not a play on Nazi. Yeah, I did not see it coming. Yeah, we'll post that on the Facebook wall, too. So for me, the issue is more that when it came time to be decent about it, she doubled down and said, fuck you to everybody. And not only did she retweet that meme with, with the Hitler, she also retweeted someone who has Hitler as their avatar. Mm -hmm. She She's clearly not thinking that what she did was wrong. And I think her attitudes are askew relative to to this kind of behavior. Tweeting and having anything to do with Nazi memes with Hitler in them. Yeah, it's, I mean, she talked about how she had met a, a Holocaust survivor, yet retweeted this picture with Adolf Hitler, and it's Jew mad, question mark. That's not funny. Not funny at all. I mean, it's, she met a Holocaust survivor, but apparently it didn't change her perspective on anything, because she's retweeting Adolf Hitler memes. Yeah, she, her, she clearly didn't do enough in-depth study about the Holocaust. Yeah. And what it is and the impact that it had on the world. Yeah. And there's there's a somewhat large population of white supremacists on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm sure that they, they rallied. I'm sure they were excited by this. Yeah. Well, and she retweeted a lot of them. Yeah. Feel like represent, you know, they're representing. She's representing for them. So if you think if if the, if your personal opinion, listener, <laughs> is that she was, you know, people just piled on and she's just a poor young girl and she didn't know. Maybe you should do a little bit more research relative to what transpired after. And I don't think that you'll have the same opinion. Uh, and then what was the Vice article? Vice.com did an article about, well, she she's into, she's she's coming out on top of this because she got recognition for this. When the fuck is recognition winning? When is recognition... Just because you're well-known, there's something called infamy. That's what she has right now. It's not fame. It's fucking infamy. Yeah, I think their their point was also that she's winning because she got the general public, you know, all frazzled and lashing out at her. And I don't... That's not winning either. I don't... I don't... Is Kim Kardashian winning because a, a lot of people hate her? No. Right. <laughs> Are, is Kim Kardashian winning because she's well known? Yeah. Well, no. Hitler won because people hate him. Yeah. He a lot of and he uproar. got a lot of attention. Yeah, he got a lot of attention. So, you know, he must have won. God damn! It's it's just a it's a stupid. I mean, who wrote that article? Was it her best friend? Was it a fucking sixteen year old kid from Alabama? I am not sure. I don't think we have any Alabama listeners. So, if we do. We appreciate you, just not Princess not, Brianna. Yeah. So if you'd like to... She actually went private on Twitter. Oh, she's not private now. Oh, she came yeah. back from being yeah. private. Oh, because she can't handle not being out of, in the in, not being in the spotlight. Her Twitter handle is at Princess BMM, like bowel movement movement. Princess BMM. Or Princess Brianna Mitchell. She has two? No, that's her name. That's oh, what the MM is for. Name. I'm just letting everyone know what the facts are associated with the bowel movement movement. It's actually just Brianna 
Mitchell. I'm sticking with bowel movement movement. All right. Because she needs to be shit on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So moving on to a funny story that I've actually seen a lot of people commenting on it, making it very serious and it, it, taking a very serious tone with it. And that's the, the husband who started a spreadsheet to track the times that he had sex with his wife or the times that she refused him. She rebuffed his advances and logged what excuse she gave. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of comical. He started June 3rd, 2014, and it ended July 16th, 2014. Not every day it was cataloged. Um, Just the days he asked for sex. Yeah, and out of 29 days, yeah, it, it looks about, like, 28 days. About a month. She said yes three times. Three times. So he kind of goes through. It says date. And then in the next column, it's an Excel spreadsheet. He went all out. He's like professional <laughs> about this, right? So in the first column, it says date. The second column says sex. And the third column says excuse. So on June 3rd, 2014, she said no when he initiated sex. What was the reason? Quote, I'm watching the show. And then in parentheses, he says, friends rerun. <laughs> So obviously he is kind of mad that she's maybe, watching a Friends rerun. Maybe it was one she hadn't seen before. Yes, it's an, it's an important Friends rerun, I'm for sure. For sure, for sure. So some of the other excuses, I feel sweaty and gross, I need a shower. And I then, saw that one a lot. Yeah, and then he says, didn't shower until the next morning. She must be the sweatiest, grossest wife in the history of wives because that was the excuse most commonly used. Yeah, and then the next one is... She said no, and then the excuse, he says nonverbal. So apparently she just like pushed him away hmm. or slapped him in the face. Who knows? Flipped him off. Yeah. <laughs> Another excuse, I'm exhausted. I'm still a bit tender from yesterday because it was the day after she had said yes. Right, right, right. And agreed to it. Another nonverbal, I'm trying to watch the movie. And then he says in parentheses, fell asleep 15 minutes later. <laughs> so we get the point, right? He's yeah, yeah. He's a little... so. How did this get out there? Well, the wife actually put it on Reddit. Because I'm sure he presented his evidence yeah. to her. Yeah. So she put it on Reddit with this little message. She kind of explains what happened. She says, Yesterday morning, while in a taxi on the way to the airport, husband sends a message to my work email, which is connected to my phone. He's never done this. We always communicate in person or by text. I open it up, and it's a sarcastic diatribe, basically saying he won't miss me for the 10 days I'm gone. Attached is a spreadsheet of all the times he has tried to initiate sex since June 1st with a column for my excuses, using verbatim quotes of why I didn't feel like having sex at that very moment. According to his document, we've only had sex three times in the last seven weeks out of 27 attempts on his part. Hmm. So I think she's taking issue here, doesn't agree with it, because she's saying, according to his document, we've only had sex three times in the last seven weeks, blah, blah, blah. So she obviously is taking issue with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the count here. Well, in all, like in all things, there's two sides to every story. Yeah. So, you know, I, it's not that she's just this total rank bitch, but it's, look, a, a marriage, any relation, any, any intimate relationship Sex is a large part of what goes on. You know, there's laughter and there's tears and there's your your mundane bullshit that goes on. 
there's the watching of the TV, there's the working out, but there, sex is a big part. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why don't you just pal around with her and have her be your 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 buddy? <laughs> yeah. So for her to to act like it's well, and, and maybe not her, but a lot of the reaction I've seen on Facebook and elsewhere is no, you know, they're trying to do this whole no one you can't demand sex. She doesn't owe you sex. Yeah, I don't think that's even what he's saying. He just wants to bring it to her. This is what I'm assuming. He wants to just bring it to her attention that hey. We're not having sex as much as I'd like, and he's doing it in dickish, snarky way. Yeah, he did it in a way that he shouldn't have. No, probably not. But it's definitely, if he's unhappy, and this is a topic that you need to discuss, definitely discuss it, but maybe don't create an Excel spreadsheet (laughs) and then send it to her and say, I'm not going to miss you when you're gone for 10 days because you never give it up anyway. Like, really, (laughs) dude? You need to calm down. Right. Well, they're obviously a very technological couple. Yeah. Because then she runs to Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. The front page of the internet. Well, apparently she's also not ashamed or embarrassed because she's the one who put it out there. Yeah. And it turned into her being shamed and then she turned it around on him and shamed him for shaming her. Yeah. I, I think it's a lot of personal shit. Well, I don't think he meant it to go public, so. Yeah. Funny. Any way you look at it, I think it's funny. Yeah. I don't think either one is a villain. I don't think either one is a terrible person. I think that they'll probably weather the storm, and they're probably getting a a good laugh out of it. Yeah. Or They're making the news everywhere. Yeah, hopefully. Well, they won. Obviously, they won because they're getting recognition. Yeah. (laughs) Well... You may soon, not you, Brittany, but the rest of the audience, may soon be looking forward to a three-day work week rather than a five-day work week. If Mexican millionaire... Billionaire. Billionaire, yeah. What the hell? Millionaire? Our trash people are fucking... The guys who pick up our trash are millionaires. Yeah. Everyone's a millionaire. He's actually the second richest man on the planet... Carlos Slim. Do you think he paid for that name? Because that's a cool-ass name. Yeah, it is. It's almost like Anthony Weiner's... He probably would have been Carlos Slim, but it was already taken, so he had to be Carlos Danger. Yeah. <laughs> so what's his, what's his whole deal here? Well, he is Mexican telecom billionaire Carlos Slim, and like you said, the second richest person in the world after Bill Gates. He recently advocated a shorter work week for the world's corporate clock watchers. With three work days a week, we would have more time to relax for quality of life. That that seems good, it right? D- well, of course that seems good. Having four days off would also be a business opportunity for some people in that it would generate new leisure activities, he said. He says that people should work 10 or 11 hours a day in those three days and that the retirement ages should rise to 70 or 75. I believe I believe that latter part should be true. I think people should be retiring later just based on our longevity. Yeah, we're it's living increased. way way longer. Yeah, and we are healthier, longer. Well, like Social Security in the United in the United States is paid out um at I believe 65 and I and maybe 67 now if they're pushing it back. I it, I'm not that old so I don't know about it exactly, but the reason it was that it's that early is because when Social Security came around during the Roosevelt administration, people were die- they would die just 
a couple years after yeah. they went on Social Security. Now they're on it for 15 and 20 years yeah. after they go on, and that's why Social Security is going fucking bankrupt. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, if, I would like it. I mean, it. If, if it could... If it could sustain, if business could sustain, I could see it. I could see it working out. Yeah. A workplace consultant that was interviewed in this article said that quality of life, stress reduction, and engagement in our work increase with shorter work weeks. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, I don't see this happening anytime soon at all. But it, it is nice that a guy with that much uh, that much pull, who has that much... You know what? Let's say this. Let's see what happens with his company because it's not like he's playing slots and that's why he's the second the world's second richest man it's because of business that he's the world's second richest man yeah so let's see what he does if he puts his money where his mouth is yeah they also say that five-day work weeks may lead to exhaustion on mondays and coasting on fridays which oh i think that's very apparent productivity in the workplace is terrible they talk about the millions and millions and billions of dollars that are lost just based on on how many like you you're skating on friday yeah like you just said yeah and then you're just a piece of shit half the day on monday yeah it's like office space when he says you know on any given day i do like 15 minutes of real actual work yeah <laughs> so you know, the guy's obviously smart about business. Let's see if uh, if he actually puts into action. Uh, another story, a sad story, um, in Long Beach here, a relatively local story about a homeowner who shot and killed a pregnant woman. Her, her and uh, some dude broke into his house, and the dude got away because obviously he was more able-bodied. And he, this old man, shot this woman. Mm -hmm. what, what are some of the details? Well, his name is Tom Greer. He's an 80-year-old retiree. And he arrived to his home to find a couple in the middle of a late-night break-in. He says, quote, When I went in there, they tackled me. Both of them jumped on top of me. The intruders, a man and a woman, may have underestimated him, though, because as they ransacked his safe, and yanked the door open right in front of him, he grabbed his gun, mm. a twenty-two caliber Smith & Wesson revolver. They threw him to the ground, and he came back, and they saw him with the gun, and the man escaped, but the woman fell after being struck by, after being struck by Greer's gunfire in an alley behind the house. Quote, she says, don't shoot me, I'm pregnant, I'm going to have a baby, and I shot her anyway, he says. When asked what he saw happen to the woman after he fired shots, Greer responded, She was dead. I shot her twice. She best be dead. The man had run off and left her. He says he's never shot anyone in his life, he's never killed anybody, and that he mostly shot her to leave a message on the man who got away, his mind, uh, so that he'll remember for the rest of his life that, that, that this happened. I think that if this guy's not feeble-minded, and that might not be the politically correct term for it anymore... But if this guy isn't um, mentally deficient, like with senility, that he needs to go to jail. After I didn't necessarily think that when we first talked about this story, but after hearing you talk about it, um, if she's pleading for her life after having been shot once, and then he assassin style puts another bullet in her and kills her, I, I think he's he's guilty of, of two murders. 
not just the one. Yeah, we had also talked about the issue with them running away because I'm under the impression that, you know, if someone's fleeing your home and they're no longer in your home, that maybe you can't shoot them. I, I don't know. Well, obviously, I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on on the air. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I know that a cop can't shoot someone who's fleeing. You can't shoot someone in the back. But I, in a, and I would assume uh, California's not exactly liberal uh, about homeowners killing people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be very they're not going to allow that shit. So, yeah, they did say this 80 year old man is hurt, though. He has severe shoulder and, and collarbone injury and they're still investigating the incident. It's not immediately clear whether any charges would be filed against him for this shooting. So it's still up in the air. Yeah, I think I think charges should be brought. If she's you shot her once, she's down. She's no longer a threat. So if you didn't get the job done in your in your first shot, then you need to fucking call nine one one. Yeah, you can't do it as a as a as a message. You're sending a fucking message to the dude who got away. That that logic doesn't work. It doesn't fly. So I, I would suspect that this guy's going to be brought up on charges, and we'll follow up on this. Yeah, I know we say that all the time, but we're going to start. Someone left us a message and said, "Hey, you say you're going to follow up on shit all the time, and you never do. We are going to start doing a better job of following up on topics that we." That well, you we know what? Up. Maybe everything that we've said that about hasn't had an outcome yet. So why don't you calm down, people that are sending those messages? Yeah, how about that? Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> how about that? Yep. See? Yep. A little CeeLo to the audience. Mm-hmm. That's how you retain audience. That's how <laughs> you build numbers of listenership by telling your audience, fuck you. <laughs> That's how you get people to visit the Amazon link. <laughs> yeah. So, listen, we do have this number, and 657-464-7609 is the number. You can both text and call to leave us a message there. And we will be happy to incorporate your opinion about any of the stories that we talk about, past or present. It doesn't have to be just this episode. It can be previous episodes that you've listened to. Because, as you well know, I don't mind running my mouth and talking about topics from any time. So, bring it on. I think this is going to be a shorter, a little shorter episode. Perfect. Yeah. It's too hot. It is very fucking hot. I'm probably 120 pounds right now. But we're, here's what we'll wrap it up with. Very funny that fucking Kim Jong-un. Wait, before you start, let's have a little guessing game. Okay. Is this story going to be about how Kim Jong-un is really satisfied or really angry? Hmm. This in particular story... Is that he's very angry. Oh, that's so shocking. Because usually he's just super like filled with joy and over the moon with things that are happening yeah. in the world. Yeah, not not a happy guy. Apparently, someone put together a video that we've already shared on the Facebook page. And go watch it because it's hilarious. The I Doubt It With Dollamore Facebook page. Uh, and it's if you've ever seen those jib jab greeting cards e greeting cards where that, the face is pasted on the body yeah that's right where you could you you upload like you, you and your friends faces and then the pictures and then they attach those pictures to like dancing cartoons yeah it's kind of like that except it's a little more advanced um 
and it has Kim Jong-un's face yeah, on different it's, bodies. It's, it's, it's Kim Jong-un's fat piece of shit face on these different characters in like almost like a movie. I don't think Kim Jong-un would be happy that you said that. Oh, uh, he's a he's a he's a sweetheart. Okay. He's a big tub of love. As long as you cut your hair like him, he'll be happy. Yeah, so on his big tub of love face, it, it, they've got that attached to these different cartoons that are well, they're not cartoons, I guess they're it's almost like clip art or something. Yeah, it's actual people dancing. So his face is on all these different people dancing, and North Korea has asked China to take the video down <laughs> as it threatens, quote, the dignity of their leader. Apparently, Beijing was unable to oblige. There are a couple of embarrassing dance scenes in there. Uh, Kim takes some karate kicks from President Barack Obama. <laughs> I didn't know that Barack Obama knew karate. Yeah, but apparently he wins a few battles, too. Apparently, he dances with Osama bin Laden, mm. uh, so that's pretty exciting. The thing that I think's funny in it is he's playing soccer, Yeah, and this giant, like, souped-up turbo sauce um, Greyhound bus comes slamming through the wall onto the soccer field and blocks the goal, the net, and he kicks the soccer ball and blasts it all the way through the, the bus, exploding the bus and going in and making a goal. Nice. <laughs> Super funny. So that's good. He's a powerful kicker in soccer or whatever, football. Yeah, it's very funny to me that he, it shows weakness getting upset about something like this. That's exactly what I think. That if you're going to lower yourself to the level of some dumb YouTube video, fuck, you're paying attention to the wrong shit, guy. Yeah, no one cares about that at all. No one cares. Yeah. And if Obama was to get angry every time someone drew some character of him with his giant ears. Yeah. Or made fun of him at all. He gets made fun yeah, of all the time. No work would get done. Yeah. He would be crying rivers, rivers of tears. Yes. Goddamn. <laughs> so fucking dumb. So that's your, your weekly Kim Jong-un news. I guess that could, we could almost file that under Florida files. Goddamn. How fucking dumb that is. <laughs> Okay, no wait. There's there I don't want to wrap it up yet. There is one more thing that I want to bring up. And it's my my devotion and love for Anderson Cooper, who has lately what well, I'll tell you what. I'll put it this way. There are different celebrities who are on Twitter who interact with their fans and their critics a lot. And typically the way it's done is they wait until they can't fucking stand it anymore and they want to unleash the hounds that, that is their followers. And so they'll retweet a guy who's being a dick and then their followers go crazy. Well, lately, and Anderson Cooper's no different. He, he, he actually, he's a little bit more metered about unleashing the hounds, but he does it. But lately, he's been interacting with assholes at a breakneck pace, <laughs> which is awesome for me and Brittany because we, one, we love the shit out of Anderson Cooper because he's fucking awesome. But also, it's because it is entertaining as all fuck. It's so great. Yeah, so BuzzFeed put together 15 of Anderson Cooper's sassiest comebacks because, like you said, <laughs> on Twitter, he's constantly just... You know, celebrities are always getting a hard time on Twitter, and he is someone who uh, 
you know, talks back to his haters, as one might say. So he's metered about it, though. He doesn't const. It's not constant. It's whenever he feels that it needs to be done. Yeah. So he got tweeted by a truth wiener. And this person said, one great thing about Putin, he hates the gays, LGBT. And Anderson said back, for someone who claims to be straight, you sure do tweet and think a lot about gay men. Ever wonder why that might be? <laughs> and the guy said back to him, real balls in the heart to say enough. You short-circuited defects will always try and say someone is bigoted or someone is. And Anderson said back to him, I'm not saying you are just bigoted. I am saying you are most likely gay. Good luck to you. <laughs> So in case he didn't get the message there, but it kind of reminded me of a, a Christopher Hitchens quote that I really love and want to share. Well, share away. He says, whenever I hear some big mouth in Washington or the Christian heartland banging on about the evils of sodomy or whatever, I mentally enter his name in my notebook and contentedly set my watch. Sooner rather than later, he will be discovered down in his weary and well-worn old knees in some dreary motel or latrine with an expired visa card having tried to pay well over the odds to be peed upon by some Apache transvestite. Listen, no one, there is not a human fucking being on earth who can insult someone as eloquently. I would pay to have the great Christopher Hitchens insult me. It, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a thing of art and wonderment. It's so well written, you almost don't know it's an insult. Yeah. You're just like, oh, wow, that was, what, what was that poetry you were just speaking? That that spoken word to me, that was beautiful. Well, that's the other thing. It's spoken word. It's not always something he's he's writing, you're reading. It's when you watch Christopher Hitchens' debates, oftentimes it's fucking just beautiful, poetic language. Just, he's just off the top of his head. Yeah. So another person responded to Anderson Cooper's tweet where he said, President Obama is speaking now. And they said, so what? I have better things to do than to listen to little Hitler chat on TV. <laughs> he said back, by the way, your spelling is truly atrocious. That means bad, which means not good. All that was actually in the tweet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he was giving her a little bit of a grammar lesson. Um, back to Christopher Hitchens real quick. I had to find it. But Penn Jillette said this about Christopher Hitchens. Penn Jillette says, Hitchens is better speaking off the top of his head after a couple of drinks than I am at remembering his brilliance later while referencing notes. Yeah, that's great. Fucking awesome. We should do a tribute to Christopher Hitchens one day on, on a show. Yeah. Because we could fill. I mean, it would be of interest to maybe only a few of our ilk relative to atheism, but it's not necessarily that, that, that isn't what fully defines Christopher Hitchens. He is, he's an intellectual and he's a journalist who wrote all kinds of awesome books apart from the few that he wrote about atheism. So, but back to the subject at hand is Anderson Cooper and his awesome calling out of these assholes well what happens and when once he does tweet these assholes is his legion of twitter followers you know go to work and fill this guy's timeline with appropriate messages 
Yeah, so I'll I'll just read one more. He Anderson tweeted, "A World Cup soccer player bites another player, and it's not his first time doing it." Boxing champ Holyfield joins me to discuss. Someone responded to that saying, "Maybe you should cover Iraq." And Anderson said, "Um, yeah, dude, we are." <laughs> It's kind of those people who are like, oh, there's so many more important things going on. Like, why do why do people care about the gays when, you know, you should care about this? Well, we can care about everything. About everything. It's the same thing when, like, when people bitch about those Sarah McLaughlin fucking dog commercials, the animal pet commercials, or, you know what I mean, the Humane Society commercials. People can, we know that they're starving people in the world, but animals need to be taken care of, too. And it's the same thing when people bitch about one subject over another. It's it's not we're not bound to only care about 10 things. We are a complex species that can a- attend to many, many things at one time. So blah, blah, blah. Dick face Twitter guy. Well, I think that's going to do it. That is going to wrap up episode 40. That's a round number. We're 10 away from 50. And I think 50, we're going to have to do some kind of retrospective, maybe, even though it's only 50 episodes. Is it too early for that? I tell you what, I'm going to ask the audience, is it too early for a retrospective at 50? That's better. Don't ask me. 657-464-7609. Text or leave a voicemail there. You can also email us on the show, idoubtit at dollamore.com or the Facebook page or Twitter. I Doubt It podcast, or at Brittany E. Page, or at Dollamore. Oh my God, there's just so many things. <sighs> but for sure, what you should do is go to dollamore.com. The top right-hand corner, there's an Amazon search bar. If you're going to spend your money anyway, buying a book, a wireless mouse, or a map of North Korea, that's the place to do it. And your support and your purchase will go a long way to supporting what we do here to keep us in the tubes. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Because the Holocaust and World War II is the only thing that's ever interests me in history, and it's his favorite part of history. <laughs>